Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Get smarter about things like saving on travel, because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancier dinner, too. Boosting your credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. And saving for an emergency fund, because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The Peter Schiff Show. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the president's State of the Union address from Tuesday night. And, you know, there really wasn't much substance in that address at all. I mean, to me, it looked like he was speaking to some grade school kids. If you look at the vocabulary and the way the way the speech was delivered, um, it seems like it was really written uh, for, you know, people without not a lot of education, which is, you know, you would think that's kind of ironic because education is such a cornerstone. You know, the president wants to make sure that everybody goes to college. You know, now he wants to make community college free. Yet when they write their speech, I think they do it with a vocabulary level of like maybe a seventh grader. And I think that's what it's aimed at because that's really all a college education buys you in America now. You graduate college and you can read and write at a seventh grade level. I mean, and that's the, the part of the problem they don't understand. It's just going to school, right? Having more kids in college. I mean, pretty soon, right? The, Obama, the government is going to succeed in making a college degree even less worthless than a high school diploma. I mean, if Obama had his way, you would need a PhD to be a fry cook, right? But what good would it? If we have all of our fry cooks with PhDs in philosophy, is, is that really a worthwhile situation? So that, that was part of what he talked about. You know, he took credit for the recovery in the economy, even though there's no recovery, even though it's just a bubble created by the Fed. But of course, when he takes credit for the recovery, he doesn't point out the disappointing facts, like that incomes are lower now, real wages are lower now than they were when the recovery began, that the average net worth of the average American, particularly the people who voted for Obama, is much lower today than it was when the recovery began, right? That we've had, we have more people who have lost full-time jobs than when the recovery began. We have now have all these people that have part-time jobs that didn't, that don't even want them, that want full-time jobs. So, We've had this huge transition of the labor force from full-time to part-time. People have lost their higher-paying jobs. And they got crappy, low-paying jobs. All of this, why doesn't he accept responsibility for that? I mean, if he says, this is my recovery, this is the Obama recovery, then he owns that. He owns this labor market. He owns all these low-paying part-time jobs, right? Those are Obama's jobs, right? The fact that, you know, we've had this collapse in labor force participation, that's on him. Right? But no, he only wants to talk about the jobs that have been created without you know, getting into the, the nature of those jobs, the character of those jobs, and who's got them. The fact that so many people don't even want the jobs. These are retired people that would rather go fishing or play golf, but they can't afford that anymore, so they work in part-time at Walmart. Thank Obama for that. You know, He doesn't want to point out the facts. He's going to gloss over all that as he's trying to claim credit for a recovery that doesn't exist. But, you know, he can pretend, you know, the stock market's gone up. Sure. Right. But I mean, most of your voters, most of the Obama voters don't even own stocks. You know, if there was a Republican president in office now and he was 
candidate Obama, he would be lambasting the president for this recovery. All he would talk about is how it's a recovery of the rich, the 1%, that the vast majority of Americans have been left out. Well, yeah, they are left out. But now, because he's the one that's in office, he has to pretend all that doesn't exist. But he would be his biggest critic if this was Bush who had this record. If this was a Bush recovery and the the details were the same, he would be railing on it uh, nonstop. And, and, and he would be right. That's the irony of it. He would be correct uh, to criticize to criticize this this phony recovery. You know, to me, he's just this whole thing was just a way of positioning, right? Uh, he's trying to make the Republicans the bad guys, right? Because what he's saying is that I want to provide all these freebies to the middle class, right? And we're going to pay for it by higher taxes on the rich, right? He wants to raise the capital gains tax up to 28%. And he wants to do away with stepped up basis. You know, when you die, if you have a stock, if you bought it for $2 and you die and it's at $100, uh, your heirs don't have to pay the capital gains tax. And he's acting like this is like some super loophole. No, it's not because they have to pay the estate tax, which is 40%, which is even higher. So you don't have to pay the capital gains tax at 24%. But you do have to pay the 40% estate tax, which is even higher. What Obama wants is people to pay both. Obama would like it if you paid the capital gains tax and then you paid the estate tax on what was left over, right? Uh, which, I mean, is horrible. And to describe this as a loophole is, is, is completely insincere. But nevertheless, he is trying to frame this by casting the Republicans as the bad guys. See, he's saying, look at all the great stuff you can have if only the Republicans would raise taxes on the super rich. you know. And he always talks about the super rich. I mean, yeah, there are some people who are super rich, but the vast majority of people who will be hit by these higher taxes are not super rich at all, right? They're just, you know, not middle class, uh, but they're still going to be impacted. They're, you know, by the... Um, by these higher taxes, but he wants to, he wants to, you know, basically create the idea in the, in the minds of the voters that the Republicans are pretending you protecting, preventing you from getting all this free stuff, right? Because they, of their rich friends, it's really just like a bribe, right? The president is bribing the voters uh, in exchange for your votes. We'll get you all this stuff and we'll steal it from these super rich guys who don't deserve it anyway, because all they're doing is getting all kinds of tax breaks, right? Special treatment, right? Loopholes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Getting to keep the money you earn. Somehow that's a loophole, but getting money for free that you didn't earn. Well, that's just fair, right? That's, uh, that's, that's how econ works, right? The president was talking about his middle-class economics, you know, about building the middle class as if the government built the middle class in America. You know, that's the point that Obama doesn't understand. Capitalism built the middle class. It was the free market. It wasn't the other way around. It didn't, we didn't have a middle class first, Right. We it's because we were free that we created a middle class and we did it without any government benefits or any government programs. It's the government who has destroyed the middle class. The government has destroyed the middle class lifestyle before the government got involved. Right. If you were a guy, even without a high school diploma, didn't even graduate high school, chances are you can afford to buy a house, get married, support your wife, have four, five, six kids, support them, right? 
put them through school, and retire and not have any debt. That was American middle class life. What's it like to be middle class in America now? Right? You got a bunch of debt. You got student loans. You get married. Your wife has to work because she's got student loans. And even the two of you, you could barely make ends meet. So you're lucky. Maybe you have one kid, maybe two, but you can't even start until, you know, your wife's getting close to 40 uh, and her biological clock is ticking because in the meantime, you know, all you're doing is paying uh, your bills and interest on your debt. And you got no hope of ever retiring because you can't save any money. Right, the whole middle class lifestyle that we used that we enjoyed in the 1950s is gone. And why is it gone? Who who killed it? It was government. And now President Obama is promising that government is going to be the solution that we need the government to help the middle class. No, that's that's the last thing the middle class needs because there's not that much left of it anymore thanks to what the government has already done. Of course, some of his comments were really rich like, you know, when he starts talking about how concerned he is about future Americans, right? The young people and Americans yet to be born. Yet he's saddling them with all this debt. I mean, how concerned could he be if he's willing to leave them with all this debt? Or he constantly talks about how, you know, we're one country, we're one people, yet he's constantly trying to divide us with, with class warfare. And, you know, he talked, he had the nerve to talk about how he reduced the budget deficit, right? How he cut the budget deficit. Well, first he ran it way up. And then he cut it based on that elevated level. But you're talking about a guy who has already added more than $6 trillion to the national debt. Talking about how he's reduced the budget deficit. I mean, what, what, what is he kidding? In fact, there's a good chance that by the time um, President Obama leaves office, two years from now, that he would have added more debt to the country than every single president who preceded him. Doubling the national debt. There's never been a president who has doubled the national debt while they were president. Yet Obama might succeed. Yet he's claiming that he's that he's that he's succeeded in reducing our debts. He hasn't reduced anything. He's 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 leveraged us up. He's he's buried us in debt. You know, and it's the only reason that we're not collapsing is because the Fed's been bailing us out with zero percent interest rates and three rounds of QE about to be a fourth round. Today's financial advisors behave like pro-wrestling TV commentators. They scream that the recovery is strong, debt is manageable, inflation is low, and that the Federal Reserve has everything under control. They may be oblivious, but the danger is real. Looking beyond the media hype can open a world of broader investing ideas. Euro-Pacific Capital is a registered investment advisor that offers stock-focused wealth management services that closely follow the strategy of our founder and CEO, Peter Schiff. We concentrate on those countries that are more closely in tune with Peter's vision of how capitalism is supposed to work. And these investments are not hard to find, provided you know where to look. Isn't it time you change the channel and let Euro-Pacific put a little reality back into your portfolio? If you live in the United States and have $25,000 or more to invest, call 800-727-7922. That's 800-727-7922. Non-U.S. residents access similar strategies through Euro-Pacific Bank at europacbank.com. Euro-Pacific Capital and Euro-Pacific Bank are affiliated companies.